0: start this recording um <clears throat> oh where's my oh here we go my notes that's a a very Lose term loose term. The... for it yeah that's I've got, man. <laughs> uh, it's pretty fresh in my head but I, I know i pretty much know exactly what i want to say about it it's just i just noted down some bits that just were like
1: anyway. <laughs> okay um uh, here we go you're in yeah Welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I am Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to discuss a movie called Mr. Nobody. It is from 2009. And personally, I'm not going to recommend it. Would you recommend this movie?
0: Uh, I would be hard pushed to.
1: I think this movie... Well, first let's talk about why we chose this movie. You picked this movie out and you said this would be good. Why did you think it would be good?
0: Because we were looking for movies that would be good to discuss for the podcast. And I stupidly went to IMDb and looked at a list of mind-bending movies because Triangle was on the list and... Uh, enemy was on the list and uh, a bunch of other movies that i liked were on the list
1: this is one of those user created lists
0: yes yeah so i agreed with most of the list (laughs) and i was like oh this might be interesting it's a story about time travel and and stuff like that and yeah this might be a good idea but that was uh in hindsight kind of stupid because neither of us had seen it and after sitting through it for two and a half hours which felt like two and a half years Mm. Yeah,
1: what I would say is, it's definitely the kind of thing that we should be doing to sample new material to see if it is something we'd want to see. But we have both been busy lately. And we didn't actually watch it until kind of just until it was time to record. And we hit a point to where we had to move up our recording day. So we're both kind of watching it very close to the wire, and it was a bit late at that point to change. So, any budding podcasters out there, keep this in mind. Know the material you want to talk about in advance, because last night I was watching this, and now I'm stuck talking about this movie (laughs) I would say this is a movie that is the type of movie, if you like, artistic style. This movie even does a few varying styles, I would say, in the way that it's made, and the way that it's told. If you're a huge fan of Jared Leto, this movie is for you. Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) Another strike. It's just not a movie for me. I could understand why someone would like this. Personally, though, I think that it needs to be dropped a lot in time. I think the narrative is messy in many places, which we're going to discuss in more detail. There are very few people I think that I would recommend this to, and they would all be into the kind of art side of it, the kind that would watch 2001 not for the how part of it, but for the artistic space shots. Those are the kind of people I might recommend this to. Otherwise, it just doesn't work for me
0: yeah I mean I, I I can't think of anyone right now that I would recommend this to I mean i'm not I'm not saying it's the worst movie I've ever ever seen it's oh
1: not. no not by far no and there are some good moments in it it's an interesting concept overall but I think that it's dragged down a lot by this two and a half hour running time
0: I almost felt though like if you're gonna look at it from an artistic point of view I almost felt that it had to be that long because that's what the movie's about. It's about the vast length of time. And they even reference that in the movie like saying it's like those French films where nothing ever happens. They, they they're almost making fun of themselves or showing like that this is deliberate
1: a kind of meta yeah. conversation there. Yeah. <laughs> so with that that's <laughs> So there you go. Do you there wanna... you go. If somehow our glowing <laughs> <kind of>, review <laughs> Yeah If our somehow insulting of the movie makes you want to see it even more, then go see it. I have a feeling not many listeners have. I had not even heard of this movie before you mentioned it.
0: Exactly, neither had I, and that's why it sparked my interest. And
1: from 2009, so it's like nine years old at this point. We are not big fans of this movie, and thus we will recommend a few other things that are maybe a bit more original that you might want to see, but we're just teasing you with that now so that you can hopefully listen to the rest of the episode and get them at the end or... Honestly, you can just skip to the end if you want our recommendations.
0: All right. Boop.
1: (laughs) Well, that's it. So, if you don't want spoilers, go away now. Come back later. Go and
0: watch it. We'll see you in about five years.
1: That's how long it will (laughs) feel. For the rest of you, welcome to the spoiler section. Let's talk about this movie. Uh, I think this will be interesting because this is a time where neither one of us likes it i think there's going to be a number of times where we are going to be at odds about something but first to both not like i don't know i don't want to try i don't want this to become another uh, force awakens episode I we, <laughs> but i don't think either one of us has the notes to <laughs> make that happen this time around no. i have one page you've got like half a page if that <laughs> I will say that my notes were much more in-depth for about the first 30 minutes of the movie, and then after that, I just stopped. I only wrote down a handful of things that interested me, or that I thought were special in some way, or that might be important later on. I mean, the movie takes a minute and a half before we even get to see the pigeon in the box. And then there's a bit of narration about what is referred to as pigeon superstition, rather than, I don't know, trained behavior. (laughs) The idea of, I guess it's a psychological idea of a bird that is being tested it gets seeds and so therefore whatever it did to get the seeds that's what it's going to do all the time so for example the flapping of the wings if that's what the bird did just before it got the seeds then it's going to continue to do that over and over again when you do this at the beginning of the movie you're basically saying this is what the movie is about but i kind of don't feel like that's what this movie is about and so that has confused me ever since i watched it
0: (laughs) from the very get-go that isn't even ever referenced again. I don't think in the whole movie. I mean, that's not the point. Point I got was it's kind of like there's several butterfly effects throughout the movie.
1: They hammer that home quite a bit. In fact, saying the actual term of butterfly effect, and then and then showing a butterfly, yeah, in, and, chi- in China, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also the parents meet on like Butterfly Lane or something. It's <laughs> they're pushing really hard with that one. We we will be coming back to that a number of times. But you're right. I think that that's much more what this movie is about. But is it even uh, because you will get into that. uh, (laughs) We start off seeing Jared Leto dead and being basically put into the freezer in the morgue. Then we see him underwater, trapped in a car. Then he gets out of the bath and is shot. And we don't know what's going on, which I would say is probably true of quite a lot of this movie. Then we see him crashing in a space station. And then he's old and he's with a doctor. The doctor asks things about him. Like, how old are you? And he says, I'm 34. I was born in 1975. And then he's told to look at his hands and look in a mirror to realize that he's old. And the man says, no, no, it's 2009. He's still thinking that it's 2009. And then there's a newspaper that says he is the last mortal and that he is roughly 118 years old. Then he just randomly wakes up and he's next to his wife. Yeah. Yes. I'm pretty sure it's his wife. It gets confusing.
0: It's one of his wives. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: We find out his name is... Nemo Nobody and that's why it's Mr. Nobody I guess Though so I, yeah, I, I don't I, I
0: don't think his name is really Nobody but yeah who knows
1: I yeah so I'm not sure why, why they chose that
0: I mean the only reason I could think they chose Nemo is because of 20,000 leagues or finding Nemo I mean I don't think they named him after a fetch First of all, the one thing that struck me that comes into play later is, and they make a big deal out of this, is his memory loss. So they call him Mr. Kraft.
1: Yeah? Do you think? I that?
0: Can't remember a thing.
1: Who's Mr. Craft?
0: Nemo. That's They say that's his nickname. His nickname oh. is Mr. Kraft. Okay. Um, Because can't remember a F thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although later on in the movie, he seems to remember... Things quite easily I don't know How his memory loss Is fixed I missed that part perhaps But He doesn't have any memory loss At all
1: I don't think he missed anything <laughs> Like This is This is a big part of the problem I think of this movie is I feel like The whole narrative Is really just Messy Inconsistent And because of the style That the story is told in And because of The kind of I don't know. I guess, would you call it a plot twist? Because I pretty much saw it coming. Um, I was
0: hoping for something better, to be honest. Or something less would have been more in the end. We'll, hmm. get, we'll get to the end at the end, I guess. But Yeah, um, but
1: I I had it written down long before as a theory. And...
0: Sorry, okay. Yeah, well, You have to tell me that then. Because what did you think was going to happen at the end by this point? Like, did you think it was all in this... Oh,
1: not uh, at this point. At this uh, point, I didn't know. Okay. At this point... <laughs> you didn't know anything. You couldn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on.
0: I mean, the only thing I could draw was, and this was me just going through and trying to knit together some kind of theory as I was watching. And it was like, basically the way that I saw it is it was a whole series of parallel universes and Mr. Nobody was one of the few people who could remember things from each parallel dimension, which actually would have been a nice idea. Something interesting, at least. Better than what we got at the end, I felt. and not saying that I deserve an Oscar for that, but I mean, that's what they were presenting to me. That's what I got from that. I thought that was where they were going with it, but they just went for this really dumb ending. But I thought that would have been a nice idea. Like he could simultaneously experience all of his lives and all Mm. of the different, because I mean, the movie makes a point of, this is what would have happened if you went with your mother. This is what happens if you goes with your father. This is what's happened if you, Meet this person. This is what happens when you say this to this person." And it was a whole series of different realities that could have been, and all the different wives that he married, all the different variations on his life. And that's maybe why he was so mental at the end, because his brain was full of all these memories and it was hard to discern which one was actually him in the real one.
1: (laughs) But it wasn't. But it wasn't! (laughs) Alright, so here we are with Nemo nobody. He's woken up next to his wife, a wife at this point. He gets the kids ready for school and then we see him like take an envelope as the postman puts it in. He looks out the window. The postman is walking in reverse, Mm. not just walking backwards, but literally walking in reverse. Everybody's going backwards. So we know that something is odd here. He calls the kid by a name. The kid's like, that's not my name. And then we leap into, essentially, like, a different family. You know, has a different wife. This wife we'll find later is called Jean. And I kind of feel like she gets the short end of this story. Like, not a whole lot happens with Jean, which I guess we're led to believe is he doesn't care as much about her, perhaps. And those kids are, like, we barely... We keep hearing that one name over and over, but we barely see these kids. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think, I think that was a deliberate choice, yeah, to, like, exclude her, because... She's meant to feel, well, she really is Mrs. Nobody. She's nothing in the movie pretty much to him. But that was again to another brick for my theory is that he can't remember his own kid's name because he's got so many alternate realities that he's muddling names and stuff. Again, it was all pointing in this direction for me.
1: Then we see him young and in a street with all red cars. I think they're all the same red car. It's a weird thing that's going on. And then we're back in the future again. It's being televised. There's the guy with the built-in microphone into his face hugging a pig because I guess that's the pet of the future. And I do wonder if this was about the time that the teacup pig was popular in the U.S. for a short time or something like that. If they're referencing something, but it just feels out of place now.
0: The whole thing—I mean, I felt like they were going for a kind of Terry. Tele- I, I felt that like they were going for a kind of Terry Gilliam feel for that whole future part. It just wasn't very well done, and for being so advanced, they've essentially cheated death. Like you said, that micro—it's like stuck into his cheek, sticking out like a like someone's just shoved a piece of metal into his face. It's like really, you you can live forever, but you, you can't do something that looks at least pretty, <laughs> like that microphone in the side of your face. Yeah, so advanced yet so low-fi. It's just. Uh, Yeah, and the pigs. I mean, I guess the pig was just there. I didn't know anything about the teacup pig fad, but I just thought it was because pigs are closely related to humans, and they're saying it's like made from your what was it? It was made from your DNA or something. It was cloned from part of you or something. I
1: don't know. I probably stem cell. It was like your stem cells. Yeah, I probably tuned that part out.
0: Yeah, I felt like they were going for that wacky kind of Brazil future.
1: It didn't work. No. And apparently they're going to be televising Mr. Nobody's death because nobody dies anymore. They've mastered death. And so now everybody's cells regenerate fast enough so they don't have to get old. And this guy, Mr. Nobody, apparently has no records. Yeah, I don't know. I, I There's so much I want to say here, but it, it just doesn't fit here until the end. Let's talk about the doctor with all the tattoos on his face. He desperately wants nobody to remember for some reason. Keeps trying different techniques, I guess, to get him to remember. We see this doctor a number of times.
0: With and without
1: tattoos. Yes. And he kind of hypnotizes nobody, I guess, is what we're led to believe. Yeah. And in this instance, he says that he remembers everything. He remembers before he was born, the angels of oblivion. And by the way, there's a unicorn just randomly there too. (laughs) There's all these kids playing around and the angels of oblivion come around and they touch your lips and then that means that you won't remember this part and that you'll remember like a normal person and therefore he got missed and remembers everything and doesn't just remember into the past but also remembers into the future.
0: Which I'm fine with. I like that idea. And like I said, this this was the movie that I was following up right up until the end.
1: If that's what it was, that would have been more interesting. I wasn't fooled at this point, I guess. It just seemed weird and out of place. but. In a movie that's already so weird and everything is out of place, that's kind of tough to go on. I think it's about this point where my notes start to get much more slack. (laughs) Because a lot of stuff just gets repeated over and over again or it doesn't really follow. So there's the point where he says he chose his parents and we see like some not so great parents that he could have chosen. And then his parents, I think he said he chose his mother because she smelled nice or something along those lines. The father, I don't know what they were trying to say here, as though the kids are somehow interviewing the parents before they choose them. Yeah, that's
0: why I felt it was doing. Yeah, yeah.
1: But clearly that wouldn't actually be happening. And if they were actually happening... Why would any kid choose the bad, bad parents? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I want a drunk for a father.
1: <clears throat> it makes no sense to me. Yeah. But the parents say they met due to the butterfly effect, but they didn't really. I mean, like you said before, this is where we see the butterfly leaving. flapping its
0: from... springs in China.
1: And so a storm, I guess, happens in the UK. Mm. And that causes a leaf to fall, which causes him to slip and hurt to... Help him up, and that's how they met. It's just a lot. It's a lot to try and take in, and I, I think that it's going way too far. But I do think that this is more the central idea of it, and so they should never have had that stupid bit with the pigeon at the beginning because it doesn't seem to fit this theme that they keep kind of hitting us over the head with. We're also given a lot of n- voiceover narrative in this movie, but it doesn't really help to make things clear. There's even this kind of interviewer who snuck in via his friend the nurse to interview the last man as he was about to die and to get his thoughts about life and what was life like before people started to die and what was sex like (laughs) because of course we're gonna stop having sex just because we don't need it to have babies yeah exactly it makes very little sense here
0: yeah i mean yeah that point in the movie felt even when the when the leaf comes down and they slip on it and then it goes to the reporter. From that moment with the leaf, I'm like, oh it's Forrest Gump. And then with the interview, <laughs> oh it's Forrest Gump. It, it it changes to this Forrest Gump movie all of a sudden.
1: But even the interviewer is so baffled and confused by what's going on. And Nemo Nobody is also confused but acts like he's not confused. it's it's a mess. Like that for me is really a mess that makes no sense. But I think it's about this point where he says that possibility always exists if no choice is made. And this is where we see three weddings happen kind of in a montage. So this is for me, the essential core of the story. It's going to be about these three weddings and these three different Mm -hmm. partners that he has, I guess. Three lives. Yeah. We're now back with him as a kid, and kid nobody dreams of the future. A very bad future where his father accidentally kills someone. He runs out of the door, but not quick enough to stop it from actually happening which leads to i think the parents separating i think that that is the event that causes the parents to want to separate at least i think that's what we're led to believe we're not given a lot of detail we know that the mother has a lover yeah that so. she's leaving for we also see them fighting but we don't ever know what they're fighting about so i can only assume that they're trying to say that this bad event led to possibly other bad things and that's what led them to falling apart. But even that gets muddled and confusing because the father ends up in a wheelchair, but we have no idea why.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I am so willing to like be a fan of something and and, and fill in all the gaps and still enjoy it. you got to give me something to work with, though. And it's like, oh, you're in a wheelchair now. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, why? Uh, okay, because it makes you more... It's because your son has to take care of you. But all you need to do is show something. It takes five
1: seconds. Mm, To show him getting a bad report in the hospital.
0: Yeah, yeah, anything. And yeah, they could have just had him drinking, maybe driving, and then crashing into a tree or falling down the stairs, anything. But it's just like, bam, all of a sudden, I'm in a wheelchair, no one knows why. (sighs) Okay. It's a small detail, but that bothers me. Things like that. I'm happy to not know the answers to everything and to make it up as I go along, but... Yeah, I know you are. (laughs) But I mean, for things like that, it's like, come on.
1: He has a habit of flipping a coin, kind of yes, no coin, to make decisions. A bit like Two-Face from Batman. But I don't understand the point of that either again even flipping the coin you're making a choice i think that he's trying to say i i never wanted to make a choice because when he makes a choice he can't go back again but that doesn't work with the the final ending of this movie clearly you could yeah.
0: Again, I, I got a whole bunch of movies mashed together for this. It was like, it was taking bits from other movies or books. And for some reason I, I thought about the Dice Man. Have you ever read that mm. book? I got the whole, the the whole Dice Man. Basically, it's, a, it's about a man that lives his, he's a psychologist and he lives his li- life as an experiment by rolling a dice, like six options. I'll do one of these. But yeah, I don't know why the 50 pence with the yes and no scratched on it was important because in the
1: end, yeah, you're right, it, the choices didn't really matter anyway. He says he's born in 75, but I have a real problem with this movie and the fact that <laughs> when he's a kid, it actually seems like it's the 50s or something around that era. The music is not from the 70s. The clothes don't look like they're from the 70s. I I was a bit confused. I, like, I didn't grow up in the UK, so perhaps...
0: Yeah, Mister Sandman or whatever that, that,
1: yeah, that song is they called. They played that one a few times. Yeah.
0: Well, that, they 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 used that quite well, I thought, because it shows him growing up. Because that song has been covered by so many different bands, so it goes through like the rock phase of it. There's a there's like a metal version of it, um, and I like that because it it's a good song to choose. But it's not from the seventies; it's from the fifties, and I know that because I've seen Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Wrong... Good song, but wrong choice for the time.
1: Yeah. It's almost as though they're trying to represent the different stages of his life by different eras of pop culture. Perhaps. But it doesn't really work for me. It feels totally out of place. And there's no way this kid will know so many of these things. (laughs) I... Yeah. Oh, this movie. Alright, so... He predicts his mother's boyfriend's death. Like this is when he's a tasty teenager. Yeah. Yes. Uh is gonna crash into the train. Anna, who we've kind of met before, he saw her jumping into the pool. Find out that this is like his stepsister. I guess they get married because they keep referring to them as brother and sister. And this seems to be entirely a love story around swimming, because he sees her jump into the pool. There's a time later where he's at the beach and he had an instant where he nearly drowned, I guess. And so he doesn't want to swim. He never properly learned how to swim. And so he calls her friends idiots so that he doesn't have to go in. Then we see him on the train as an adult saying, why did I say that? That was dumb. And then kind of goes back and changes it.
0: Yeah. Because when he says idiot, he then sees her in the train station and she's married and moved on. And it's like, I could have had that. And Again, I'm...
1: I'm Which, I, by the way, then he pulls out a picture, like the most boring picture of all time, of that lake. Yeah. And thinking about it, as though he's been carrying around for 20 years, remembering this one moment on the beach.
0: Again, though, I'm still with this movie at this point. I'm still like, oh, it's still parallel universes, parallel lives. It's still... I'm still engaged with, at this point in this movie. I'm, I'm still there. But, yeah, let's move on.
1: Okay. It's at this point where we've already talked about the dad in the wheelchair, but it's this point that we see that. So we see that he has this kind of duality because we had seen quite a lot with the mother at this point. We hadn't really seen anything with the father. The father's story also seems to get the short end in this one, which is a bit disappointing because I really like the actor. I would have liked to have seen more of what he could have done with this. It was disappointing, and it didn't really make a lot of sense because the story didn't get his time. I do suspect that there's probably more to the father's side, but it got left on the cutting room floor. Probably. That it possibly just wasn't deemed as interesting.
0: You could have made the movie four hours long instead. You, uh, you, you, no, you, you would then,
1: liked... that would not have made it better. No, I'm uh, by all means, cut more. I think where it really bothers me is just the fact that it gets cut because... A problem that I have with this movie in the fact that it's trying to be a love movie, but it doesn't work for me as a love movie. It doesn't work as something that is a great romance. Nowhere in that movie do I feel that. And that seems to be the center core of what they're trying to talk about yet the pivotal moment was the moment where the mother is leaving the father and the train is leaving and Nemo needs to decide which one to go with. They even tell us at the end that that is the important moment. However, for me, all they focus on is this love story. I think that they're missing out on a lot of the father's story and how that would have made a difference. They seem to make the decision that only the romance side of it matters, and that was the side that worked kind of the least for me. Right? Uh,
0: because I mean, I mean, I guess I can I can agree with that. That this is kind of the pivotal moment. Because basically, if he goes with his mom, she's not a good person, and she's not a great mother, but that leads him to Anna. Uh, if he stays with his dad, who is a good person, that leads him to Jean. Is that right?
1: Yeah. I guess so, but it seems like it also leads to Jean and Elise, which which kind of leads into the next part that I have my notes, where Elise's love story comes into play, and here we get... 80s music, because it's definitely um, 80s Eurythmics that's playing. And she says something odd about if she dies, she wants her ashes put on Mars, which just seems to me an excuse to put Mars stuff into the movie. <laughs> because we're not there yet. Yeah. Unless the the writer director of this movie thought that we're getting to Mars really, really soon. He kind of push that one pretty far, I think. Because it's not just getting to Mars. In this movie, it's getting to Mars as kind of like a special trip, but not that special. People are coming back with duty-free bags. Yeah. So I kind of equate it to going to Antarctica in modern times. You can get there. It's expensive. It's a long trip. But people can do it. However... <laughs> In this case, that's Mars. Mars. So, he, yeah, we will see him later take her ashes up. Apparently it's a six to eight month journey there and back again. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, I saw that as just a stupid teenager thing to say. And I thought that was kind of cute. The one thing that I really wanted to talk about was a book that this movie really reminded me of. The book is called Only Revolutions and it's by... The guy that I can never say his name. Daniel somebody. <laughs> I should look that up, shouldn't I? what's the, yeah, who's, who's the guy especially that wrote, who, Who's the guy that wrote House of Leaves? No. Okay, so there's uh, Daniel Zielnowski. Um, <laughs> edit that out. I'll find out this guy's name or we'll just edit it so that... <laughs> um, but anyway, he's he's got a book and I read it and it's called Only Revolutions. And it's great. It's It's like this movie. But Basically, it follows multiple timelines of the same characters, and the central theme is we're all, they keep on saying we're all we're always 16, we're always 16, and it's about these two teenagers falling in love from they start off in the Civil War and they have their problems, and then as they progress through the book, they're still teenagers, but they're now they're in like kind of 1960s traveling cross country, like Hunter S. Thompson style, um, in a Cadillac. But the whole thing is. They're meant to be together. They're soulmates. And throughout all of these timelines, they find each other. I thought that's what this movie was trying to do.
1: See, I don't get that. I, don't, I, I didn't get that at this time. But I think it's because at this point, I was already starting to suspect what was going on. We get back to Anna and there's like 90s music now, which again, just feels wrong because I think we're, they're still young. Oh, why is it 80s and one and the 90s at the same point in time in a different timeline? But he sees her, sees Elise, I guess, at one point with um, Stefan or
0: some Stefano,
1: Stefano, and who's like (laughs) twenty-five. And that drives him crazy, so he crashes his motorcycle. So for one of the timelines, he's stuck in a coma? Yes. For a very long time. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And I kind of, at this point, I thought, oh, okay. So I was getting the kind of vibe like, oh, maybe now I was wrong. Maybe it's not about that. Maybe it's he's in a coma and he's making up this story to keep him occupied or something. Well... Which... He's making the Mars story up in his coma. That's what I gathered from
1: this. Here's what I was noticing. When he got into the coma, we get some narration where he says something to the effect of, oh, that's not really the best answer. Maybe I should go back. Put your fingers on the keys. And we see the hands on the typewriter and starts writing again. And so this is probably the point where I really went, all right, I think I see what's going on here. And he's... I'm just going to say now uh he's imagining a future. Yeah. And so it would be great to think that he was actually changing the future, that he was going back in time and somehow altering it. That would give me something. He was taking control in some way, but it doesn't. He's essentially thinking ahead and making his choices, but it it just doesn't work for me. We'll get to why in a minute, but let's just rush through. He goes back in time, he ends up with Jean, and he makes a plan up while he's on the motorcycle with her to marry her, have the big house. As he's making it up, he's saying, I'm going to have, I forget what car, like a BMW. Oh no, it's going to be a red one. He would have immediately imagined it the way he wanted. He wouldn't be changing it. They were kind of doing... The old comedy bit where he's saying something as the narrator and it changes what we see. Ha ha ha. But it doesn't really work when it's all in your head. You'd be seeing it immediately the way you wanted. You wouldn't be needing to change the color of the house to yellow. It doesn't make any sense to me. Here he's successful. He has a house and a pool. But then he goes back to the Anna life where he's now a pool cleaner. Which was a good transition. I appreciated it. He's got the long hair. But he's done nothing with his life because he's just been waiting for Anna the whole time. Then we see him on the way to Mars. We find out Elise is manic depressive. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty rough. Essentially, I'm skipping ahead a lot. Okay. These are, my notes are nowhere near as tight as they would normally be because most of this movie mm-hmm. do- doesn't earn it. It's not worth it because the choices don't matter.
0: And to be honest it would be, I think it would be more, that's why I stopped, I mean I I wrote some notes but I stopped taking them as well because it would be too hard to write them down and follow them in a chronological order because it's hard enough to watch it in a chronological order. Well,
1: but even the chronological order doesn't matter. Exactly. We get multiple versions of the Anna story, we get multiple versions of the Elise story. One where she dies very early in a car crash. We get all kinds of variety of what's going on here. Yeah, And this is to me why it is why I keep referring to it as kind of a, a muddled mess. Like, even within each timeline, we're given multiple timelines, and we're not given it in a way that's easy to follow. Yeah. So they can get away with anything, and so it feels like nothing is really that important. And no decision is really important, because at any point in time, he can change it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of where it falls flat for me as well, was because... I don't want to really be horrible, but it's not a smart movie, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you're going to do something like, you know, when I was getting invested into this movie and started watching it and had an idea about multiple timelines, multiple universes, I was like, this could potentially be amazing. It could be really, really smart, but it turned out to be really, really dumb. And I...
1: And here we have, like, the bit with Elise, Sarah Pauly as this manic depressive. Wow. She was great. It's fantastic i was very into that but then it didn't matter i feel like this movie was a waste of about 5 other movies that they could have made they could have made five very serious movies about love and how difficult it was in rough situations rather than throw them all together in this messy not science fiction
0: or do or movie. do it properly like it was what they were lacking in this movie really is like just do it well they just didn't they didn't execute it well but she was Honestly, that whole scene with the birthday party had me cringing, and then I felt something for that whole part. I thought that was amazing. That blew me away. She she portrayed depression really, really well. I mm. thought
1: we get what I think is kind of the end game of the movie, and the end game of the Anna story, where she gave up all her possibilities of life simply to wait for Nemo. Nobody. But we know he didn't because he's had, like, so many other lives at this point. There's a lot of blaming the butterfly effect. And this one annoyed me the most. This is where a Brazilian boiled an egg because he didn't go to work one day. And that led to a pressure change, which led to one drop of water coming down and blurring the entire phone number that she had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You should see, I wish we had a video we could see your face right now.
1: It is too much. And it makes no sense given what we're about to find out. I want to say 10 minutes later in the movie, but it's probably about 40 minutes later in the movie at this point. I have no idea. But it is after this point in my notes where I talk about him starting to see the other versions of himself literally there's a point where he's wearing the plaid and he's running around and he can see like long-haired him and there's a point where he kind of escapes life and finds that house and there's the video in it where he sees old him talking and he says you have to live to be a certain day and time which made no sense yeah I mean
0: it could have it made sense for me in my idea of what the movie was about, yeah.
1: <laughs> but then it, it really falls apart. The narrator, as I said before, is totally confused about what's going on. As is the interviewer who keeps pointing out how messy and confusing this is. It just doesn't work <laughs> It's at this point in my notes, I said, does anyone understand this? Does anyone, like I don't even think.
0: You mean in real life or in the
1: movie? I mean, like the writer, direct, <laughs> cause I think that this movie is written and directed by the same person. Does this person even know what they're putting out there? I, I'm just so baffled as to how even the studio executives, because this is not a cheap movie. No. Those Mars bits took some money, but we've also got a few names in this movie they must have put some money into this. Yeah. So I don't understand how this got through all that process. And still, everybody in the movie and watching the movie, and I suspect making the movie, totally confused by it. I well,
0: They probably thought, oh, it'll come out in the edit,
1: you know? I kind of suspect this is one of those times where they perhaps felt if they admitted they didn't get it, then they were afraid that they would look unintelligent. But that is not the case. I would have loved it if somebody kind of pointed out, this movie doesn't really make sense. (laughs) Uh, But I think they can kind of get away with that because of the end. Uh, I really had a problem with the fact that many of these storylines run into death, but then he starts over from an earlier point. It makes sense given what we're actually told. But I did point that out that that's about the only way this would work. And I think that that's also why I was very set on knowing that this was him looking forward. Because otherwise, he was already dead. There'd be no way for him to reverse time once he's dead. True. And he's died a few times. I th- what was that whole weird bit about him being a spy? Uh, like, he... He, was, he was kind of replacing somebody who is a spy and then getting shot. But it wasn't once. He got shot, like, three times. Because he
0: kept on reliving that moment. Yeah, that was just a, basically, that was a, again, I just saw it as a lucky number eleven moment where he assumed the identity of someone else, because... Because he's bored
1: with his made-up life. Here we are, we're at the end, and we're told, we're literally told what happened. Now, you think that we shouldn't have been.
0: No, I definitely think that we shouldn't have been.
1: Well, we are told that all of this is happening in the imagination of the nine-year-old boy who is running to his mother on the train and having to decide to stay with his father or to go with his mother. Okay, so time out right there. Because
0: Mm. if you're running for a train, you are not going through infinite number of
1: possibilities in your head. Nor could you go through this many possibilities... He's basically saying this happens in a second. In an instant, yeah. It makes no sense.
0: So basically, when that reveal came, that was the moment that I nearly threw my TV out the window. (laughs) Because (laughs) they had a decent, vague enough story that if they just left that blank, I would have been happier. Because I I could have said, oh, my theory is Stan's, you know, or...
1: I I think I would have been too, because I think that this is a movie where it would have been better to just leave it mystery, especially given the fact that what they gave us is stupid.
0: Because it, essentially what they've done is, like you said, it's it's, a, it's it's messy, it doesn't make sense, it's jumbled up, but they're kind of encasing it in art. Mm. So they can take a few liberties with that, but then to say, oh, and here's the actual ending, it's like, no, you don't get to do both. Sorry, you can't give the audience art and interpretation and then tell us what to think as well. Like, that doesn't make sense to me.
1: It also doesn't quite make sense because... Well, there, there are a lot of reasons why I do not like this ending. Again, we're in the head of a nine-year-old boy. So how in the world does he know music from the future, how does he know any of these people? That he's met the girls, but as they're very young, he didn't even really know them. He was looking at them from afar. So we're led to believe he fell in love with Anna and that he desperately wants that no matter what. He really wants to be with Anna. That's the life that's going to make him happy. But he doesn't even know who she is. He's seen her jump into a pool and that's about the only real memory we know of her. Or maybe they knew each other at school, but he doesn't know what the real future is going to be.
0: Exactly. And that's why multiple timelines and parallel universes would have made complete sense. Because all of these universes would have unfolded an infinite number of times. And he's choosing the right path to get him to where he knows he needs to be. That makes beautiful sense to me. But no, it's not. And so, okay, so if I'm going to rewind and say, okay, let's go with what we're being told. Is It's all in his imagination, like you said. He's nine years old. Okay, so it's kind of cute in a sense, like he's a boy and then he's fallen in love with a girl because he saw her jump in a pool and he can't swim and he feels that distance and so his imagination runs riot and he can imagine all these amazing things okay i i, I can still deal with that but it's just not as interesting as what they had in the beginning like, it's not as interesting after being told that that's what it actually is about sorry it's, it's dud
1: but it also makes no sense to mix up the timeline why mix up the timelines He would imagine it straight through. Why would he imagine it in this ridiculous jumbled way? Why would he imagine himself being an old man looking back on memories that are confusing? It makes no sense to me why, as a nine-year-old boy, he would want to imagine himself being 118 years old and about to die. It makes no sense that he needed to live to a particular age in order to make the choice in the past.
0: And then the ending as well, with like the big crunch, it's like, so time starts to reverse. This part really bugged me as well, because it it would just be going backwards. So it shows the parents fighting, and him smashing the vase, but it's in reverse, so he's picking up. But he's not angry, he's smiling now. It's like, no, the, the emotion wouldn't be reversed. So that means that all the good things are bad then by that logic. I mean, if all the bad things are now good. So it's like, yeah, he's smiling and putting the vase back up on the shelf. It's like, that doesn't make any sense.
1: It doesn't need to reverse. It doesn't need to do anything. If this is all in his head, it just starts over. You just go back to him being nine and you just go from that point. And he doesn't really seem to even make a choice. He runs out, and picks up a leaf and lets it fly into the wind. Is that going to get him the ending he wants? I think that it goes back to, again, the idea that it's better to make no choice, which is what I feel like he did. He didn't choose either parent. What he's gonna run away? How did the father not go and catch up with him? I don't understand that either. I just feel like the ending destroys what little good they had done. But even then, I think even if you take that away, I still don't think I like this movie. I think it's still too long. It's still too jumbled. It's still too much of a mess. And because in this movie he can go back at any time and change things, his choices don't matter. And what good is a story, a movie where the choices have no weight at all? Yeah. And that's essentially what we're getting here. So I I don't like this movie. I think from very early on, I, like I said, I think from the time he was in the coma, I knew what was going on. It's a bit much. It's it's way too much to imagine that in that moment, in that terrifying moment, he's imagining every possible future and basing his life on these possible futures of which he's adding all the facts. He's adding the yeah. infidelity. He's adding the manic depression. He's adding the explosion. He's adding randomly being mistaken for a spy and shot in the bathtub. He's replacing everything. So it just... Mm-hmm doesn't work. It just doesn't make any sense to me and nothing in this movie has weight. Yeah. So, sorry.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, and you know me, man. I I wanted to like this so badly. Uh, I did. And I was, I was, I watched it thinking, oh man, this is so long. And I felt like that was on purpose because it's about time. And so I felt like I was living his life watching this movie. And from an artistic perspective, standpoint I was like yeah that's kind of cool because I do I did feel something up uh, from that so the the length of the movie didn't bother me the length of the movie didn't bother me But the payoff was It wasn't It, it didn't feel fair It was like Like just everything that, What we've just discussed it, it, To have sat through it For that ending Bothered me
1: I think it's not Even as much The length of the movie As the pace of the movie This is another movie Where I watched it At an accelerated speed And I didn't really feel Like I was missing anything There were lots of Slow moving moments In this one And not in the most Artistically beautiful ways Either some interesting shots, but not not a lot that wowed me to make me want to stop and watch it. Upstream Color had some moments that did make me want to stop and take a look. They were doing something very visually interesting. This one, I didn't really feel that.
0: I liked. I, I made a note of it in my notes where, um, and I sent you a, a, a message saying they got some nice shots. And I, I liked. It's probably been done before, but I liked the shot where he's looking in the mirror and the camera like really pulls around and then follows him through the mirror. I like that. I thought that was a really interesting shot, and they do a few of those. I like the the kind of the set design, like how his his plaid shirt matches the wallpaper and stuff. I got a really weird. Have you ever played Saints Row Four? Honestly, like when when you play that because you've got it in your library, I think you'll notice what I'm talking about. That, that that the there's a real Saints Row Four moment in that movie. But yeah, I was getting I got a mishmash of just all different movies I got. Well, Saints Row from that part. I got Murakami from the the kind of breakup with the mother and father. I got the Only Revolutions. We're all we're, we're always was sixteen. Brazil from the the weird future. Yeah. And so yeah, so it didn't really feel original either.
1: With that in mind, as we promised, here are a few things that we might recommend if you didn't like Mister Nobody, or you just are trying to avoid it altogether. After our uh, review, our not so pleasant review uh there are a few movies that we might recommend i personally don't like this movie because of the fact that choices don't matter and they have no weight if you want a similar kind of movie a similar kind of story i think watching a movie like about time would be a very good one it's a similar concept but done much better and much more focused it is definitely done later. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody watched Mister Nobody and went, "Wow, that that could have been good if it had just been done better." And it kind of hits all the story elements in a way that this movie didn't.
0: Because I've not seen that. That's like the that's like the the time traveling romance
1: I kind story. of. I, I but I've, just... I've
0: heard there's something more to it. I haven't been spoiled for that yet. So yeah. I, hope... I
1: would just say watch it. Watch it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, pretty much every weakness that this movie had, narratively, that one puts it together and puts it together very well, I think. Uh, Well acted and just a well put together movie. I'd also say something like Source Code, which you mentioned before, uh, Offline, is a good one. Like I've found it very enjoyable. It's not quite the same idea. It's more of a... Repeating the same event over yeah, and over Yeah, more of then. a Groundhog Day kind of scenario, but it works well. Yeah. And it's a bit more uh, science fiction. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is good. Mm. So I, I do like that one.
0: When I... I mean, this isn't really... I can't. yeah, this one is multiple timelines, I guess, but in a, in a completely different way. If you haven't seen uh, Synecdoche, New York, then that would be my pick because that's also a very long movie and it feels long. So if you got the patience to sit through long movies like this, that's why I could sit through this movie because I don't mind sitting down and watching something really slow for like two and a half hours, as long as it's good at the end synecdoche was very good philip seymour hoffman is awesome in it and it's about a playwright who wants to do a play about his life but then the cast kind of take over his life then they start doing a play about their lives and it's just like these multiple timelines i guess people taking over each other's and acting each other each other's lives out it's a really good movie i like that and then the butterfly effect which is referenced so many times in this movie but isn't done as well as the actual movie we were talking about that before as well
1: butterfly effect was a movie that really surprised it me. came
0: out of nowhere yeah because i wasn't even a big fan of the actor to be honest Aston
1: kutcher i think right? yeah yeah and i'm not either but he really pulled it off in that movie and surprised me and it was a movie that i felt did something very original and again in that movie i'm not going to spoil anything except that choices matter decisions have weight and that's what this movie didn't have but butterfly effect does and does very very well yeah. i think
0: yeah because they keep it it's, it's complicated enough but they keep it simple at the same time
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so you it's quite easy to follow but it's a quite complicated concept at mm-hmm. the same time uh yeah it's a it's a decent movie and then we both said yeah brazil
1: brazil is fantastic it is crazy it at times doesn't quite make sense but gilliam just was on to something yeah. in that movie it is the type of movie that is a bit crazy, but that's the point of it. And it works very well. And if you want some very interesting visuals and interesting ways to tell and show story, Brazil is definitely worth checking out.
0: It's definitely a weird, a weird look at the future as well. Yeah, for sure.
1: So those are just a few. I mean, we could do this all day because we all <laughs> didn't sit around and just talk about. Yeah movies that lead to us realizing there are other movies. Of
0: course uh, Primer as well. We spoke about that last time Mm -hmm. we did Upstream Color but Primer would be a good good multiple Mm timeline, time travel movie.
1: So there's lots that we could talk about. I think these are good relatable ones. If you didn't like that movie of Mr. Nobody, or you just want something good to watch, I think these are a few that are definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen them already. Yeah, I
0: mean, even if you disagree with what we've said, then I'm sure you could still agree that these are some good movies, and they're in the same vein. If you, if you like Mr. Nobody, and you want to see more of that kind of movies, then there you go. Those are some good picks.
1: Well, I think that's it. Yeah.
0: Gaps filled, the more gaps created. <laughs>